Greetings, pals. Welcome to Throwing the Pal. Oh, hey, I... pals. Oh, hello, pals. <laughs> Chris, you want to say something as well? Uh, afternoon all. Very nice. <laughs> Little to no effort there, but keep going. That's his catchphrase. Yeah, pals. I tried something. Were you going to tr- try, try something, something vocally? It was a try. Here? I you... feel like we should try the next ep- next week. We'd like do a, we all sing along. Oh, that'd be nice. We'd make up some lyrics, do a verse. That'd you mean nice. we come up with a theme song? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what this show has been missing all along. <laughs> the theme song. So, <laughs> speaking of this show and what we're here, we're, this, this, the podcast is called Throwing the Power. You know that because you clicked on it. Today we're talking about. Jurassic Park. No, Glass Onion. <laughs> I thought Glass was- Onion, a Knives Out mystery. But what are we doing throwing the power, Frank? I don't what's, know. You tell me, Mark. What's Marcus? the aim of the game? I'm sick of doing the spiel. Yeah, okay. The spiel Come is on. we are throwing in the power. So uh, one person loves the film, one person hates the film, mm. and uh, the other two parties in the room are uh, mystery. We don't know. Yeah. We and then by the end of the- mystery like a Knives Out mystery. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, better. Mm. Ooh, early. Very early. Oh, okay. So by the end of the pod, the aim is to what? To throw in the power, effectively. So get someone to change their opinion, sway the vote. We're trying to pull people gently in our direction and hope that they. (laughs) I always mention that's your catchphrase. Pulling Pulling people gently. Tom Butler, pulling you gently since 03. Can I just, let's do a throwback. When we arrived today, I was on the phone. Uh huh. Which you thought was a business call. I didn't think it was a business call <laughs> at the time. I thought I just knew it was a call. It was a call. It looked yes. important. I yes. was not. And you came in and what did you do, Tom? I phantom uh, jacked you off. <laughs> yes. Two-handed. I asked Chris, I was like, duel of the fates me, please. I'm sorry. And I like gently kind of jumped in. It wasn't gentle. I was like, I saw it happen. Yes. I literally saw it happen. I still didn't expect you to say Phantom jerked him off, yes. or whatever you said. That and was then crazy. once I did it, you do have a way with I words. got very <laughs> little reaction from you, and you just continued going on your your call, just like, oh yeah, well, business. And I was like, oh shit. So yeah. I, I left the so room. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, it was an HR meeting, by the way, that he was in. So okay, that's, that's great. it. Was a sexual harassment. There's there's been some trouble at work, <laughs> so I shouldn't have yelled out. Uh, Don't just stop. We'll stop you right there. We'll stop you right there. <laughs> so today we're talking about Glass Onion. We are. We're, and we, knives that mystery. And don't we forget. rate these movies when we give our scores out of eleven. Why eleven, Tom? Because that is the uh, Egyptian the, hieroglyphic scale. Yes, the Egyptian hieroglyphic scale for the people who listened to our last episode. But also, that's what the dial was set to on Daniel Craig's uh, accent for this movie. So I think it's appropriate. <laughs> nice, <laughs> well yes. done. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Chris. I so, say, just- I say, I say. <laughs> Stop oh, I feel like I feel like this accent was not as strong as Knives Out, the original. He might be tamping it down a little. Is uh, is bringing it back into the real world? Is he? I, mean, I don't. You, I wouldn't sorry, go, you thought I wouldn't, this was softer. I wouldn't go that I far. So. I think it's in most scenes he's paring it down a little. He has one big scene, which we know at the end, where he goes off with it. Yeah, it still Benoit. becomes very foghorn. It is very. Oh, I, foghorn, I love foghorn. it. It's probably my favorite part of the movies. Is Daniel Craig's performance in this? Oh, okay, just, well, can we? We'll talk about that later. Did Let's, you guys always know that it's that character's name was Foghorn Leghorn? The, yes. The no. Loony. See, I didn't. I had to once Knives Out came out a few years ago. Go to my mum. I was like, he's doing this. What you call him? You know, the, I was like, you know, the chicken from Looney. You know, the the like, <laughs> I say, I say, and she's like Foghorn Leghorn. I'm like, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> like, and in real time, I learnt its name was Foghorn Leghorn. Who's Who's the Southern cowboy? Yosemite uh, Sam. We, no, I was going to ask Tom. Uh, it's, oh, sorry. That's all right. Let's go <laughs> another ding, ding, ding. one. Yeah, good work. Uh, name the skunk. 
Uh, it's Pepe Le Pew. Okay, so you know- I know most, but look how those Yosemite Sam, Pepe Le Pew, Bugs Bunny, Foghorn Leghorn. Like, it's so awkward Because it say sounds that. the way he speaks. I suppose. It's a great name. You just One said of the it. best character names say of all time. Say the name again. Foghorn Leghorn. Nah. Foghorn Leghorn. You sound like Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Blank. Like Blanc. <laughs> Blanc. Benoit shooting blanks. Blanc is- a better name than Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> All right, so we got four of us in the room, and uh, and uh, let's quickly, I'm guessing someone loved this film. Let's right? quickly recap. So it's direct, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, yes. released in 2002. Uh, 2002. It was a while ago now. <laughs> I don't know. Were we all alive? <laughs> this was pre Netflix. Okay. Well, okay. Netflix was made. Oh, Factually, you're wrong as well, Tom. You were alive in 2000. We were all I'm alive. Just say I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, oh, was it pre-tent? It Francis, was, if you want to keep hitting us with the facts, I would love to. 2022. Thank you so much. My apologies. Can you tell me when it came out in cinemas? Because it was like late November, I believe. I can't. Okay. I can't, and I shan't, and I shouldn't, and I wouldn't. That's something we'll get into, but we'll give our scores first because there's a whole thing with the cinema and Netflix and all that, which is very important. Okay. Well, do you have those facts? You want me to get them up? All I can tell Initial you is release 10th of September. 2022? That would have been like a festival, I assume. Oh, my God. Just tell us then. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. All (laughs) I'm saying is that like Netflix was like they spent $450 million, $460 million on the rights to Knives Out sequels. Like Lionsgate did the first one. All of them? The two of them. Oh, the two of them. Maybe all of them, but there's two promised. Really? Do you know what's interesting? Because the budget here is only $40 million. That's it. So So the $450 is basically them going, here's the budget for the movies and also- have a little inside. So little, Ryan Johnson has gotten a good deal out of this and, and other people, you know, involved. But that's, I believe, pretty close to one of the most expensive deals made for just prospective films. That's a cool half bill. They're almost shoveling out for that. And they were like, oh, we'll put it in cinemas for, fuck, I don't know, a week. Shoveling? It made shelv- 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 shelving. <laughs> Sorry. And it, <laughs> it's broken. It hasn't made much. It made like 15 mil. On 20, 20 mil. 22 worldwide. 22 worldwide. At, at this so Netflix stage. saved this but film. They bet, no, no, no. They put it out at cinemas for a week. Yeah. And then went, and now we're going to put it in our service. And I was um, like, leave it at cinemas for Because yeah. Netflix is dying and they need stuff to bring you Which in. Which is silly because they're trying to do it like they did with The Grey Man last year where they went, oh, okay, we're going to release it in cinemas for a second and then it's going to be at home, so please stay with Netflix. Oh, so that hit cinemas? Yes. I was not aware of that. Very briefly. They Grey did Man. the same with that silly asteroid film with Leo in it. Uh, don't look up. I don't even know if they did. They do <laughs> came at cinemas. They yeah. did a brief mm. cinematic. Yeah. They keep going Irish. That silly asteroid very film. Very brief. It is a silly it's asteroid. Fucking movie. awful. The <laughs> Irishman. They did something like it as well. Very brief cinematic run, mm. and then they go. But Netflix is our brand. At home, you got to stay. You got to watch it. And it's yep. like people will stay. People buy automatic reaction. Well, this is what Scorsese was. It Scorsese that said that cinema's dying. Well, like, yes, but like cinema's and that's, dead. He wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, "Oh, cinema's dying!" Like that's all he does. Yeah, he's yeah, dying. But he's, I mean, let me say that. Yes. Other being overly pretentious, it's it's a very valid point now. Like, I think so. But who goes to the cinema now that you know? I mean, I know that we try to when we can. I mean, it's a good point. I don't know. I think that Netflix is hedging on that, and I think movies are still making money. I think in a post-pandemic world, people are going to watch. We've just had Avatar. It's going to be the highest-grossing film of all time. We also had last year, like you know, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. <laughs> We had movies that are. So you're saying let's, but I think the argument is different. The cinema, like going to the cinema, is still making money. Absolutely, from those massive. But Netflix is 
playing this game where it's like, no, 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 come home and watch this with us. We'll put it in the cinema for a second to make you happy. But we, ha- we had Maverick last year. and then We had Maverick. Oh, thank you. Top Gun Maverick. It. We had so many big mm. movies last year that mm. are like, no, 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 people are going to go watch this. Mm. It's almost like if you're betting on streaming, you're fucking yourself. The pandemic is largely over in the sense that people yeah. are going to the movies and stuff. Yeah, restriction-wise. But and you look at look at prices too, man. Like, yeah. it's not cheap. It's like 100 bucks if you're going to the cinema with two people. What? If you're doing Lux. Gold class. Yeah, no, it'd yes. be like- yeah, but like cinemas aren't. There's not a lot of old school cinemas left, you know, with the the shitty seats with the wooden handles and whatever. And it's a lot of reclining chairs now, and the popcorn's like twenty bucks a bucket. They, they shout out to, to shout out to everyone in Launceston. Uh, <laughs> Launceston, Where? Tasmania, <laughs> Where? <laughs> with the shittiest cinema of all time. No, yes. they do. They've got an old school cinema. It's great. I, I love them. What? No, 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 no. I will very always vouch for the new modern cinema. At least you go out and you get a comfier seat than you do at I'm home. I'm just being nice. All right, there's enough okay, people well, Fuck Launceston and fuck Village. <laughs> No, I apologize. Oh, I, I was I, trying not to be the villain here. I retracted I keep, and he went for I keep breaking my it. rule. Let's 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 pay back on the swearing. Frank just Frank. cut Launceston's Achilles. I'm aware of that. Launceston found dead in the gutter this morning <laughs> after Frank's vicious attack. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, so let's go back it's to just because we grew up with the Superior Metro Five. Oh, let's Metro not beat around the bush. At Bernie. Uh, okay, hold the phone. Let's I'm C-Max, not even going to open that. C-Max Cinemas Devonport. C-Max Cinemas Devonport. Let's not talk about our local Oh, my God. It's wild where we're at right now. <laughs> we watched the movie Glass Onion, yes. Knives Out. Knives which out. Came- ah, ah, ah. A Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. You're quite right. Which apparently important. Ryan Johnson didn't want that. He didn't. I was about to say Prometheus. <laughs> and, that's and yeah, that's Netflix going like, well, no one will know, no one will know, no, no, no. even though they're no, terrible no. at promoting that it, it came out. I don't know. Did you guys talk to some people who were like, oh, I didn't know that was out? Here's the problem with that, though. Like, they called the first one Knives Out. They yes. didn't call it something, a Knives Out mystery. No. So uh, what's the angle there? He probably wanted to call it a Benoit Blanc mystery, and they, like, threw a chair at him, oh, like Brendan Fraser. And they were like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Pref- it's a Knives Out mystery. I prefer that. Yeah, yeah. me too. But yeah. they were, like, absolutely not. Ugh. Well, they're wrong. Yes, I agree. We Netflix can say that. is wrong and silly. This mm. is the year it went badly for them. I want to know who loved it. I wanted to talk about the cast first, but let's go, let's go who loved well, it. Well, I think we're going to touch on the cast pretty heavily because it's yeah. an ensemble cast. It's big. I will absolutely right? put my hand up and say I loved it. Cool. Okay, interesting. Like, what's that? It's out of 11, did you say? So did, yes. so did Donald Duck. <laughs> that was Daniel Craig's original voice. For yeah. and they said, we can't understand one it's not word. not southern enough. <laughs> Give me that do you have, do you have a different bird character you can do? He's like, ah, oh, see. I Tweety Bird? Tweety Bird. <laughs> Despicable. <laughs> Sylvester. Nice. No. Um, yeah, if I had to say out of 11, I'd go, mm, what do we just, last week we said, I said, oh, mm, eight. Point five for, for glass onion. For glass onion, eight point five. Okay, cool. cool. Wow. And do you want to hear about knives out? Sure, throw it. Eight point five for oh, both of them in a row. Interesting. Yep. So there's no difference to you in, in the, the score, in the quality of <laughs> these movies. They're, That's interesting. They're the no, same. Interesting. They're identical to me. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't even tell them apart. You shouldn't have watched them at the same time on two different screens. I watched. Like, them I on advised one screen. you not to do I tr- that. I did this new technology where you layer them over each other. <laughs> yes. And I just had four hours of. You smashed mm-hmm. two laptops together and then stapled them. <laughs> I just. And most of it was just Daniel Craig yelling at himself in a southern accent. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched. I had like all the James Bond bil- films playing on the other screens in my house. Sure. Great. What so a I don't night. know. Where was I? What a night. It was great. Uh, so Inside yeah, let's Daniel say Daniel Craig from the sounds of it. It's weird if that he only. played the last James Bond movie. In the same accent as this. I thought when he it was it was getting there. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> <laughs> One more film away. There's no time to die here. <laughs> I say, I say. Um, Malik. Who did hate it? Did anyone in the room hate it? 
Chris. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah, this, wow. is a, this is a two. <laughs> oh, shit. This film was a steaming pile of shit <laughs> start to finish. Wow. Yeah. So this yeah. is wow. this is a very wide sort of uh, wow rating two? system here. We've gone from a two to an two? eight eight point five. Eight point five. Have you seen Knives Out? And what did you think of that? A four. Okay. I, wa- I watched them back to back. Yeah, I would agree that Knives Out was better. I'm just going to sit on that point, and I'll come back in. Most people think that. I think they're all idiots. Okay. I think they're identical. Well, let's be a bit, <laughs> a bit more open than that. Sorry. All right. And they all live in Launceston. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a two for you. Wow. Yeah. Tell me why. Uh, why? I have – it's just self-indulgent crap, really. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know what Ryan Johnson's problem is, but, geez, he hates rich people. Yeah. I have seen three films by him that are both written and directed by him, and he hates rich people. In all three, once would be a choice, twice would be a coincidence, but three times out of three, that's a pattern. Like you have some massive chip on your shoulder, fuck off. And you're I'm mad You're mad because you're a rich person? Sure. Oh. <laughs> sure. It's just, just, it's boring. Okay. It's boring. It's, it's, it's a repeat of the first. But film. what if you had not seen any of his other films, you didn't know he hated rich people, would you still hate it? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I would. There's a line in the film, Chris. Uh <laughs> I've written it down. It was, it was a cracking line, though. Uh, it's so dumb, it's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt. Sums it up pretty well. Yeah. But do you think it's not? So, this is what I was talking about today uh, with some friends at work. They were like, oh, it's so dumb and stupid. And I was like, and I hate to do it, but that's, that's the, the point. point oh, right? God. Like, it's catchphrase. That, it's yeah. self aware. We should really ban that from being said in the podcast studio. Uh, yeah, sorry. But, like, that's how I felt about it when the mystery unravels and Benoit Blanc's going on his rant, how he's solving it, and he's, like, frustrated how stupid it is because it's fun, right? I had a great time. No. No? no? It's, you it's, never had a good time? ten caricatures on screen. Yeah. All I need to look at is... I'm having a great uh, time. Her name is Goldie Horn's daughter. Kate Hudson. She's just playing a stereotype. Well, she was. I think she was actually playing Kate Hudson. Could have been. And killing it. She's, yeah, I mean, it's a talking point for sure. So, I, so I think she was intentionally trying to play her mum, what her mum was known for in film. Uh, I think that's where she was going with I the mean, character. I think it's almost just a commentary on Kate, like Kate Hudson, who came out as this young starlet and was the hot new thing, sort of vanished for a while, or didn't vanish, but became the diminishing returns of like, oh, she's in like this Matthew McConaughey movie and she's in this mm-hmm. movie. Kind of went away, hasn't had much of an opportunity for a redemption. And then this movie's kind of being like, so where's that person at now? And like, I don't know. I liked her in it. I think it was good casting this in that is, regard. Yeah. Yes. This is me saying, so we got an 8.5 from uh, Francis. My name, yeah. We got to thank you. You forgot for a second. I did genuinely did. I was like, ah. If you could uh, just introduce yourself to the audience. uh, Piss boy. A podcast mystery. I pee pee myself. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Sorry. So 8.5. We got a two from Chris. I'll I'll finish what you were trying to say. Marcus, we don't know your score. No. So look, with Knives Out, I'm going to sit on the fence, which we established. Wait, wait. With Knives Out or Glass Onion? Sorry. A Knives Out Mystery. Glass Glass Onion. Uh, I'm sitting on 5.5. I'm willing to – I'm going to say technically on our scale, I hated it. So you're you're negatively climbing on the fence, but you're on the negative side. 5.5, that is halfway. That is exactly halfway on the score. No, it's still – If you say so, Tom. (laughs) If you say so. 
You'll die on that hill. He's not even going to walk uh, up. Tom, <laughs> what's your score? Before we get stuck into it, of course. I, I, hold on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do my buttons. No, oh, let him press the button. 5.5. Threw in the power. That's the wrong That's one. That's the wrong one. <laughs> One job. So I wasn't looking. You don't know uh, studio audience, but there are two buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and one says do not push. It was like yeah. never push this button. And don't he push just the red button. Punched it as hard as he could. It's broken now. So I'd have to go away six and a half. We could have two powers getting thrown around. This here. is six the point five. most diverse, even cats, because all you guys just like spent most <laughs> okay. of that mm. beating me. <laughs> yeah, because let's agree with like you were wrong about planks cats. with nails in them, and I was like, I thought it was good. Like that was that. <laughs> but as far as the diversity, we've got a two, we've got a five and a half, yeah. six and a half, and eight and a half, yeah. eight and a half. This is a yeah. pretty diverse, group. good spread. No mm. one's really on the same page. from a very non-diverse group. We are. <laughs> Very Which is great. white, <laughs> as Benoit Blanc we would are say. Whiter than a cracker factory in here. In here, in here. Oh. I'm, I think I should cut that. <laughs> Whiter than a cracker factory? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's Throw out uh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to offend our... Uh, very, <laughs> very white <laughs> Our listener, our listener. Um, should we quickly run through the cast? Yeah, go the cast. You're all right, go the cast. Come on down. All right, Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Batista, Janelle Monet, whom I love, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, and, of course, Noah Segan, and also featuring Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He played a young Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes, he's in the background trying to find a time machine. They're watching this. Looper on one of the TVs. <laughs> well, Joseph no. Gordon-Levitt. Dong. That's very funny. Ugh. Seven. Wait. Up six and a, it's whoa, a seven. Whoa, 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 whoa. Explain. You know the hourly dong on the island? For the yeah. listener, there's an hourly that's dong. Joseph that's Gordon Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon so Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh. and both Noah Segan and him are in every Ryan Johnson film. It's yes. a little ongoing. And he's the one in the background. Oh, he's like, I'm not that. here. I'm not here. That's, I kind of love yeah. that. Seven, I'm giving it a seven. It gets an extra 0.5 for <laughs> that Chris is Chris mad. He's so mad. <laughs> I'm ten, still willing- ten things I hate about this movie. Yeah, I'll bump a 0.5 too. I'll go to a six. Because I think that's very cool. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yep. I don't disagree with you, Chris. Well, like, let's be clear. Ryan Johnson is a wealthy man, but on the level of the wealth that a character like, they said it a thousand times, but I couldn't oh. tell you what his name, Edward Norton's character in this movie. Miles Braun. Braun. Uh, Miles Braun, which is good rich guy name. Um, <laughs> as far as it goes, sure. obviously he he's, a, extra mile. he's a billionaire. Like he can afford to Multi- be like, hey, I would like the Mona Lisa for a weekend. So he's a squillionaire, right? Ridiculously wealthy. Yep. And I don't think that, shitting on wealthy people of that level ever necessarily gets old, but I agree with you that when you have nothing to say, what's the point? And there are certainly moments in this movie where I'm like, I get it. Yes, the wealthy are a problem. Yes. This the, is a- people are out of touch if they get too much money. And these, some of these characters are very, very. All of the characters are incredibly broad. This I is totally a satirical parody on celebrity culture in present time. Yes, with and like. In a way that he is dating, I should say, I don't like Knives Out very much, the original. Really? Okay. No. And I'm I'm the only one in this room, I guess, who liked this better than the original. I didn't love Knives Out, but I enjoyed it. Knives Out's like a 
four for me. So probably on the same hey. level as Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'd agree with Chris with Knives really? Out. I don't like Knives Out. I think Knives Out is pretty boring. I thought it was very obvious the second Chris Evans walked in. I was like, that guy did it, right? But, like, obviously not. That's too obvious. And then it got to the end and it's like, and the very mean boy, he's the one that did it. I'm like, no shit. Like, he's been the most obvious killer in the whole thing. I thought Anna de Armas was kind of boring in it and her character. This is my grievance with both films, though, right? If you're going to do, like, a modern take on Clue, right, Mm -hmm. and this is where (laughs) I feel like Knives Out was not the comedy that Glass Onion was. It felt like two vastly different universes and films to me. With, yes, with a shared character. I I do agree. I have that weird contradiction where everything that I've seen about Knives Out being what it was, and then Ryan Johnson getting more money and going, "I'm going to double down and I'm going to do yeah. more of this." And I went, "Okay, like, yeah. I kind of like that." That's if you're I- if you're really going to lean into it and go like Gonzo with it. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, I respect that. And Absolutely. I kind of I kind, <laughs> I kind of That's a pornography term for uh, those not familiar with Going that. Gonzo. I thought it was a Muppets term. It can be both. I think though what, Gonzo fucks chickens. Sorry. What go bothers on. me is that if you're gonna do a, a clue film, a Who Done It. Yeah. A murder um, on the Orient Express. It's, it's yeah. Which we've briefly we, uh, touched on. Audi this, I think. But mm, another anyway. way around. Oh, interesting. Wait, All right, wait. we can talk about that later. What? Um <laughs> It's insulting to your audience to not lay out the clues very clearly for them to try and work out the path. You so cannot re-watch this film and pick up on the little things. No. They and don't exist. So this important. film at its core yeah. has 45 minutes of the director explaining it to you, yeah. treating you as a dumb piece of and shit. And therefore I can't, I can't invest and I don't care because it's like, oh, well, you're just going to tell me what the end result was because I couldn't work it out for myself because I had no opportunity to do you so. You weren't well, given I, the clues. Well, I you read, weren't given the clues. I read something for um, a writer, Gabriel Gobmerzer, I think his name is. <laughs> Bergmoser. I forget how to pronounce his last name. Anyway, he did, did a review and he was like, the, the problem with the twist in, and this is probably my gripe with the film, with the twist with Glass Onion is you're not in the same perspective as Benoit Blanc, which is like when you do a good twist, the protagonist finds out the twist at the same time as the audience. Yes, you're on the and same level. And you all go, oh, and you all realise at the same time. But watching Glass Onion, Benoit Blanc, Blanc is in on the joke or the story the whole time and you as the audience are just taken along for the ride. Yeah. Which you have to sort of, in Knives Out, the first one, that's not the case at all. He's figuring out as the audience are. Yeah. In this one, he knows everything Yeah, to start with. And sure, he's still figuring out the actual murder and stuff like that, but the whole story of... Genomine being a twin and playing that in the whole 45 minutes. Which you could never know. You could never know that. But I don't think that's a problem because it's like, isn't it still fun? Isn't it still entertaining? Isn't it a still. But it's like, not a. No, agreed. It is an entertaining film. It's not a whodunit. It is a whodunit, though. But who killed uh, Dave Batista's character? That, that, See, that moment, that one moment is the only time I've gone, and I didn't rewatch it, I should have. Do, if you go back and rewatch it, do you see the handover? Yeah, he hands it to him. Yeah. Cool. So that's great. Why is there not more of that? That I think that's one moment where I'm like, oh yeah, shit. If I had to watch closely, I could have. But seen they that. replay that scene and yeah. then they show you twice. Something. Yes, they show it him so, putting it on the table and then they reshow it. Fuck. <laughs> he's, he's a mic. he's a puncher. Punching the mic. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are on fire. 
They 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 replay it twice to For go. Context. Oh look, look how stupid you were. You didn't yeah. see it. Oh, this is what it could have been, but yeah. no, this is what it was. And just, fuck you. For context, you. Uh, this is when Dave Batista gets killed by Dave Batista gets poisoned by Miles Braun, Edward Norton's. Character. He's allergic to pineapple, and Ed, yeah. Edward Norton pours pineapple. Hands him a drink, but they have matching glasses. Everyone, every character has their own personalized glass. <laughs> Peg doesn't, by the way. She makes her own, which is really cute. Good. One, I didn't Peg. see that. That's great. She's drawing on a rev cup. Peg. Um, <laughs> So she, uh, he, Miles Braun hands Dave Batista the glass and then when you see it, they like sort of recap the scene, you see he actually puts it down and they swap. But in, in the truth, which is the third time you see it and the first time but you're not meant to catch it, is he actually hands it directly to him to poison him and kill him. So it's frustrating. I again, it's not a perfect film, but I just, I just am having a good time. Ooh. But I see, I Ooh, see. Is he throwing a score? Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. We're early days. We're early days. We're okay, here's how much it sucks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is he's heavy-handed on this one. They have this this scene where someone gets some hot sauce, and oh, it's Jeremy Renner hot sauce. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Shout out to Jeremy Renner. Get well soon. Yep. Yes, uh, we hope you yep. will. As um, a constant listener. <laughs> Fan of the pod. And then the twin gets shot. And the way we're presented to it as the audience, Benoit Blanc, Blanc is crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Because in the scene previous, Batista just got killed and no one cried. And yet now he's crying over this character. Yeah. Why is he crying he over this questions. character? Yeah. We then get the 45 minutes of backstory. Oh, so they have this connection. Oh, okay. Oh, so he has this connection with this person. That's why he's crying. No, that's not why he's crying. He put fucking hot sauce in his eyes. That's why he's crying. That's not for the other characters in the film. That's for us as the audience. That is Great the director going, point. you guys are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Great. There's a connection between them, but it's not. It's, and no it's not one. for them. It's for you. <laughs> I'm so clever. He's a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, it's, he's, he's right, though. I don't disagree that this movie cheats. And it doesn't. It cheats. It's constantly going, you could never figure this out because you're too stupid. And then it's it, like, you didn't tell us everything. But I... I also I don't know about you. I guys. don't think it's calling the audience stupid. Hey, I think it is just a pretty. No, nah, nah, don't you dare! That's a high five over the table. If anyone couldn't hear that, because I well, compl- like completely agree with him. He's right. <sighs> I've, I've dropped my score again before Frank. we even get to the end. I'm dropping my score. I'm back down. I'm down to a five. Frank now. is bummed out. Put it out. I am bummed out. I get it. I thought we were going to have a fun time. No, <laughs> and I did have a fun time, and I'll stand by that. I don't think he thinks the audience is dumb. I think the mystery is a bit dumb. Yeah, I'll give him that. But I think it's yes. meant to be a romp. It's meant to be like a They're silly, self-referential. Side, you've got a fucking. Oh, I'm a Bond villain, and I've got Bond in my film. <laughs> Do you know Fuck what? Off. This this film, it's this, all self-referential. It's this film all was more cameos than substance. I'm going to drop that bomb. I honestly think it relied on on name power here, and they just skimmed over the details. It's not a whodunit. It's a glassy film. It's like watching a Roy and Siegfried. Las Vegas show, it's all glitz and glamour. I don't disagree with that, but I think that has value. I think that going to see a magic trick and seeing a magician do something where they implicitly are going, you can't fucking work out how I did that, can you? And you're like, not really. And then you find out and it's just like, I rigged the fucking stadium beforehand and there are mirrors. It's like, where the fuck was I meant to know that? Like, he's doing that. And I agree on a certain level that's smug and annoying. And on another level, I'm just like, I don't know, it's silly fun. I definitely don't – I don't watch movies 
very rarely anyway, and go, how do I get ahead of this? How do I figure it out? So that might really? be definitely. Yeah. I be, I only do same. I only do that if it's boring me, and I just start going like, well, this is what's going to happen. Oh, no, and Chris, you're, you're happy to go along with the film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, so they just enjoy the. Pretty and colors. if you're trying to get ahead of it, I agree. This movie would be frustrating because <laughs> yeah. you'd you'd find it and you'd be like. Well, who, how the fuck was I meant to know she was a exactly. twin? Or how am I meant to know this? I will say the one thing where I think about it and go, yes, okay, is the first time you see Janelle Monet's character, she has her natural hair. And then the next time you see her, she has not Helen, but her twin in it. Her name is Helen, but the twin she's playing has the blonde Andy. shortcut. Andy. Yes. And I do think that if someone was really trying to play on this film's level and be like, everything means something, they'd go, well, what's up with that? Why does she suddenly have completely different? Yeah, movies? I mean. I don't you, think that ne- hmm. naturally makes you go twin, but you go, well, that's a big difference and that's I significant. Like, I oh, definitely she, went like. She's, she's glowed different. up for the party is kind of sure, where I went. I was absolutely. Like, she's dressed as Andy. Or what do you mean? She put on a wig. I don't know. Like Yes, but why would she do it? Which, again, I'm not doing that as like I didn't have that moment. Hmm. I had some similar grievances with this film where once it was revealed that the ultimate twist, there are two things where I'm like, right, well, if people are going to start dying, it's Edward Norton killing them, right? Like, mm. That seems obvious. Yeah. And then once it turned out that Andy was dead, the Janelle Monáe original character, I was mm. like, mm. well, Edward mm. Norton killed her, right? But that seems too obvious. And then it got to the end and I was like, well. So the reveal is never my favourite part. And the part where they start, you know, delving into why things happen. However, my favourite sequence in this entire movie is Benoit Blanc working out the murder mystery in the middle that Edward Norton set up. Very entertaining. And he's like, oh, my uh, God, yeah, when he fun. says it, he goes, and then that arrow will shoot and hit you, and the arrow pops out in the fake blood. I was like, and then he goes, this is hilarious. Oh, you see, you see I, yes. And then later he goes up and he's just like, I hired Gillian Flynn to write that. Oh, she's good. She's expensive is what she is. Like, yeah. that shit's I picked great. up on his incorrect use of words throughout a lot. He was he was making up words. In Breathiate, and then he said, <laughs> yeah. that's the infraction point. And yeah. I was like, what, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah. Which- and I do have the grievance as well that the big reveal where he goes, Miles Brown is an idiot. I was like, no shit. Like, yeah. wait, you're just, that's the moment you're working this out? Yeah. It's been very clear he's not a particular man. Do you know, as, as an audience member, I, I I kept looking at the Mona Lisa and the shut, obviously the ding and the shut of the I thing. I love like, everything about that. Yeah, but to me that was a great device to be like, that has to be somehow involved with where they've hidden uh, the original napkin. So obviously this whole plot point is over this napkin that's gone missing and that will decide who owns this idea and this company and whatever. And this this original napkin, I was like, fuck, it's got to be in the Mona Lisa case. I mean, that's protected by a barrier. Yes. It keeps shutting and opening with this, this um, sound. I'm like, fuck, like this has to be it. And so in my mind, I'm like, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. And when it came to it, that was – it just wasn't used the way I wanted it to be used. No, yeah, it doesn't. And it was just a like, fuck you. Yes, I think it's. Yeah. What, what did the Mona Lisa do? It was. She doesn't deserve to be destroyed at no, the end. I was no, it's sad. done out of spite. But putting <laughs> yeah, his but his name in the same thing. Same as as I don't think. Mona I don't Lisa. think that's great. It all seemed too obvious. And from the start, as a as a viewer again, I was like, Miles is the killer. Miles is responsible for everything that's going down because it just seemed too obvious to me. I think and he, by the end, it was like, and it was Miles, and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. Okay. I think you could quiz 90% of these people, the people watching this movie halfway through, yeah. and they'd go, well, Miles, right? So I think he's trying to get ahead with a lot of different contrivances and stuff. I think this movie's at its best when Ryan Johnson is having fun with how he's telling it. The opening sequence 
with the split screens the where they're all on the call together. Again, the game is a self-aware The game is so mystery. silly and it's like it's very clear early on that it's not meant to be interesting or intelligent and it's these people chasing after their tails with this dumbass who sent and, them this box. And, and my, note, my note here is, oh, the puzzle, the, fun, the start is fun. It's a metaphor, lol. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And one of the funniest hard cuts definitely is to Janelle Monet looking at it, walking away, coming back and just attacking it with a hammer. Smashing. And I'm like, absolutely fantastic. Yep. I do love those moments. I reckon this was made a great film had you taken Benoit out and not called it a whodunit. God, no. Absolutely not. What? I think without Benoit yeah. Blanc, this movie loses so many points. So I think you I think need you Daniel Craig. You could still had the, the same. So you think Arkham Helen just story. goes to the island and tries to figure no, out? No, obviously they would tie it in and 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 make the story different. But like, I don't think it needed to be a whodunit. And I don't think that, like, the dynamic between the group and him taking control and and um, intellectual uh, what's it Property? called superiority? Yeah, over you know the idea. Sure, was great on its own. I just didn't care because, again, I felt insulted by the fact that when I thought I was getting, as you say, getting ahead or, or cluing onto something, I was like, no, here's what happened. And they go, I could never have got that. This, so this is it. This yeah. movie's been very well received, as was Knives Out. And I will say that I think this is a movie that works a lot better if you're a casual movie watcher. And I don't mean to be like to denigrate anyone by that. I'm aware that we Me. are. Well, you no, did. You're in this fucking room talking no, but- about this movie. You're not a casual movie. <laughs> but if you're in this room smelling what I can smell, this just, passion. This passion that's growing up between us, this stank that we're all collaborating in. We are not casual movie watchers. People listening to this might not be casual movie watchers, but if you are, I think you watch this and go, oh, yeah, that was a bit of a romp. But that's I what I said. Exactly. Therefore, I think intellectually I'm, an, I'm a casual movie watcher I because think- I, I watch, like you said earlier, I watch movies. I don't try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to go along for the ride. And sure, I go, yeah, I'm trying to think a little bit just about maybe, I don't know, what's going on there. It's Glass Onion, yeah. It's weird how you're always Ringo Starr when you're watching movies. Well, Glass Onion reference, John Lennon, Beatles, blah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I just, I think, <laughs> I don't know, let it happen. Let it happen. Let it be. Tame Impala. There you go. Uh, I think yeah, this becomes like, very personal because I've been dying for a decent whodunit for a long time. I think that's why I was like, oh, cool. They've got they've delved into this genre. We had Murder on the Nile. Oh, <laughs> If I can, if I can recommend to you, gentlemen, I was yeah. about to say a wonderful Who Done It, yeah. starring Christopher Plummer, oh, who was in Knives Out, oh yes, Star Trek VI: The <laughs> Undiscovered Country, <laughs> a fantastic film. Not only capping off the six films of the the original series, oh shit, but a wonderful Who Done It because you can go back and find those clues. Interesting. You can go back. You can you can see Valeris. Uh, she's standing outside Kirk's chambers when he's recording his personal log. You can see Spock putting the Viridian patch on board uh, on on Kirk's back before he beams over to the Klingon ship. It's it's wonderful. It he, pieces it together. He brings Star Trek in almost every knowing what now. I know about Chris as a film lover. I was like the second he said Who Done It, I was like, well, how the fuck's he going to make this about Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's it impressive. It's, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's so you're saying like you know how it, for in for example in Glass Onion where. You see um, Dave Bautista's character watching his girlfriend have sex with Miles Braun through the window, mm-hmm. and then you see um, Benoit Blanc lean out of the tree, and then the next time around, you also see Janelle Monet watching, and you're like, "Well, we couldn't have seen that the first time. Why didn't you show?" It? You're saying in Star Trek, they show you all that the first time around, but you don't really like notice it, for example, and then 
That's right. You watch See, it a second time. That's good, yeah. though. You gotta, you gotta watch it that second it's like time. And you're like, ah, yeah. Ah, it's yeah. like watching a ghost film and you want, you're looking in every corner. We've spoken about this before. You're looking in every corner of the shot. IPP. Being like, what, what's looking at him right now? Like, where's the bad guy? Where's the villain? Where's the ghost? You want that. Yeah. And in this, I just was well, looking that's, around. That's good. Well, they the probably screen. could have like hidden her in the background as opposed to going back and doing a second. Red herrings weren't round. red herrings. There was none in there. I agree. I will say that I think whodunits have their value as one-time experiences. And yes. I, and I don't think- uh, Two-time. Rewatches are always great if sure, they're done well. But I still don't think necessarily, I don't know what he's interested in making, but I don't know if he is interested in making a film that sustains itself on that was such a great mystery and it had me right up to the end and I could have worked it out, but I wasn't clever enough. In that sense, it works as, ne- as a Netflix thing. It you is. watch it once- Done. Disposable. I think I think this movie he's very interested in making a character-based sort of, you know, yes, analysis of celebrity culture and uh, sort of uh, wealth and the disparities and stuff that exist there. I think it's also very much a movie about the last two years. It is, I found Knives Out to be the original quite dated very quickly because it had the younger character in it who was on Reddit a lot and was like an alt-right kid and all this sort of shit. Mm. This one I appreciated that he's like- Do you mean Peg? Sorry? No, he's talking about the kid in Knives Out. No, I'm talking about the kid in the original Knives Out. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. This one dates itself very intentionally. Yes. And I quite like He's like, this is a COVID movie. It's like 2020 comes up on screen. I kind of bothered me It's them going, no, I didn't didn't dislike that. No, but it's dismissed then so quickly. You turn up to the island, you get the spray in the mouth, done. I loved that. No, See, because I, I thought that was my question enough. to that is, if Miles invented that shot, is that then not actually <laughs> does used, it not actually work? Doesn't work. That it's would a be a funny button. I mean, that's... if they're like, are we going to die now because Ethan Hawke fucking like squirted yeah. some Windex into our mouths? That's like, a that's a good Ethan commentary Hawk. on what it's might Ethan Hawke who's doing that. God damn. Yeah, that's Ethan Hawke randomly. Yeah, because he was he was in town shooting Moon Knight. Oh, and he's went. Oh, just drop over to set. As we know, and they went. Here you go. I. That's what happened. I want to talk about Ryan Johnson briefly because like, we always get into context yeah. and it feels like we need to a little bit. Go. Brick is his first movie, 2005. Love it. I love it as well. We've talked about this movie quite a lot. We have. If I were to make a top 50, I would probably struggle not to put Brick in there. I think that's an incredible film. He makes The Brothers Bloom, which is not a movie I've seen, but I've mm-hmm. heard it's okay. He makes Looper, which I really enjoy. A lot of people don't. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Won't watch it again. Okay. Uh, and then he goes straight to, oh, no, 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 I'm missing one. He makes Star Wars uh, The, the last, last Jedi. Well, he directs some Breaking Bad in there. He makes Fly and- uh, Oh, did he do Fly? He did Fly. Fly and he did Osmandius as well. Is that true? In Breaking I don't Bad. know the episodes. He, yes. He directed- Flies the Bottle episode. Flies the Bottle episode. I know what episode. Fly is. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. No, he does direct Fly. That's And then two in season five, 51 and Ozymandias. He does Ozymandias, which yeah. is, he's he's very good. And then he does, yes, the Star, Star Wars, Wars movie that a lot of people don't like. I quite like that one. Most people say- now, You also Chris, love Phantom Menace. Let me say, Chris, The Last Jedi is maybe the better of the later three. They're all shit, but <laughs> a shout out to our friend Justin, who is actually in The Last Jedi. Yes, he is. is in he the really? casino scene. Yeah. Shout out to Justin. Good on you. Yeah, Go, so, Justin. In, in the casino scene where we tear down the hierarchy and the rich uh, people. The, fucking right, Johnson. Sorry, we should ask- sorry friend, but this, that's the worst scene in the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, easily. He does perform well. There. He you looks should great. stop Good on picking you. your so, teeth with your gold piece while you're talking <laughs> about this stuff. I, I just do said- declare. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, but then, oh no, you want to finish? I wanted to say about Last Jedi. Then 
then he does Knives Out and then he does Knives Out, uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. And he is doing each step of the way. He's like, what if I did my noir film in 2004? I think Brothers Bloom is like a caper con artist movie. I'm not 100% sure. Looper's his self-contained sci-fi movie. Star Wars is his broad, big sci-fi movie. And then these are his whodunits, you know, absolutely. Again, I don't think uh, Knives Out is particularly successful. It's my least favourite of his movies. As someone who quite enjoys a lot of what he does, I just think he's always trying to make something of integrity within the genre that he picks. And I can't take that away. Even in Knives Out, I can't necessarily take that away from him when I think that movie's quite flawed. With this one, especially when he's like, I've got a lot of money, I've got a lot of broad characters. I'm going to show them do being very silly. I'm going to use some stylistic flourishes to achieve my ends here. And it's going to be, if you don't enjoy it, insufferable. And if you enjoy it, a fun romp. I, I get with that. I, I like it. I, I agree. Let's talk about Ryan Johnson in the way that I think he's a very good aesthetic filmmaker. Yes. A lot of the shots in Knives Out, well, a lot of the shots in Glass Onion are like so well blocked and placed and structured and just look stunning. And especially with an ensemble cast, you want to get everyone on in the frame at it's one point. That's not his work. Well, could you, can we talk about that? Well, can we talk about it? Is it Caleb Yeldon? There's a Yeldon, someone who does most of his cinematography and even maybe even all his movies. And he, I agree, Chris, is a very, very talented cinematographer for being able to go from a Steve. shoestring budget. Steve Yedlin. Steve Yedlin, I'm sorry, Caleb, don't know where I got from. And like him doing shoestring budgets with Brick and then all these other movies, like did Star Wars and blocked that quite well. And, I, th- I think it's uh, a bit throwaway of Chris to say that it's not Ryan Johnson's work. Yes, the cinematographer <laughs> it's a is the one like- It's collaborative. It's collaborative. Yes. It's, and it's Ryan Johnson's vision. So, and I did, I watched uh, one of his like- a variety or GQ breakdown of a scene. The one on the dock where they all the cast arrive, mm-hmm. they meet Daniel Craig. It's the first film they shot and he's breaking it down in the way that the sight lines are going through here and then the scene changes but you're still looking at the exact same spot where Daniel Craig is, things like that that you go, oh, that's that's nicely crafted. That's well put together. I appreciate that. Um, and then the, the, the production design, the costume design, all of that stuff is just, I think, next level. And- oh, like I said, Siegfried and Roy, like it's – it's flashy. It's flashy. It's it gets its yeah. point across. I, I, I get that. Yes. I think it's a good Motley crew and bring them together. I think you make a good point. It mm. reminded me of Bad Times at the El Royale, which I'm going to assume yeah. no one's seen. I've seen. You have. Yeah. Didn't like I'm yet to I, see it, but I know what you mean. I quite right? like that movie and I think it's got a similar, what if all these people came together? Yes, you need to know who they are straight away so they have this accent, so they have this behavior, they have this. And they're easily identifiable as to who they are as a person. you get to watch them pop together. Yep. And for the most part, it's enjoyable. It's engaging on the nose quite often, but not to the degree that I found it, yeah, off-putting. I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, if you don't like it, it's insufferable. Sorry, Chris. But if you yes. do like it, it's a fun rob. And I had a great time. And I think the dialogue and just like the, sure, the broad characters, they're, they're easy though. You watch them and you go, I know what's about to happen. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Yes. But I don't care. Let's Look, overall, it's a really good cast and like good performances across the board as well. They did the job. Can I can I do one recast? Please do. Instead of Edward Norton, it's Sam Rockwell. Hundred percent. Ooh. Hundred percent. That's can you a imagine? Really, really. He's so, I, he's so much more like I love Ed Norton for what he does, but I now you've said that I would prefer that. Ugh, who wouldn't? He's great. I he's like so, seeing great. Ed Norton. Get fucked up more than I do Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. That's satisfying for the wrong reasons. Yes, yeah. I'm aware of that, but Sam Rockwell, 
I do find India. Yeah, no, I agree with you on a level because I don't like Sam I didn't Rockwell's like, mostly too endearing. To I didn't like Edward Norton to begin a like prick. Are you meant to like him at all? No, I well, don't. Well, then think maybe so. it's perfect. Casting. I think it's perfect. I okay. think he shows up and you go, "This fucking it makes guy." Sense. First of all, playing the, the guitar, throwbacks. but he's not playing the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he's sitting by the pool, and I was like, "Is this me? Is this what I'm like?" <laughs> yes, and I hated Actually, it. <laughs> Therefore, I hate myself. The throwbacks were great with him showing him with that greasy fucking where he looks hair like a magician. Yeah, yes. it looks like awful. <laughs> it looks like Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Yes, he, the costume. You can't hate him more, what, and then you see that. What is he in Magnolia? He's like a pickup artist. Yes, yeah, he's he like does a scammer. Look yeah. like that yeah, guy. Yeah. It's no, it's like legitimately the exact same costume. It's very funny. I've got four points I want to quickly touch on, and I, I want to see what you think. But like one, I think uh, as far as what Daniel Craig brings to screen, it's excellent. I love Daniel Craig. I love watching him. Of course. I think the character's great too. I just wanted to see either vocally de-age himself. I just don't think that he's sitting right. With the southern accent that he's taken, it just doesn't look right. It looks put on, and that's why it's never sat well with me. I think if they made him look older, it would be better. I think you age him or de-age vocally, one or the other. So you think he sounds too old but he looks too young. Correct. And it doesn't gel. doesn't gel. But is that just because you just know him as it's an English man? It's jarring to me. Sorry? You just know him as an English man, so surely that's like. No, I like it. Yeah, initially it was a bit of a culture shock to watch him in Knives Out and I was like, I've got to readjust here because you don't expect that See, voice to come out of it's it. It's also not an accent we hear all that often. Very true. No, no. not out of the bar, you. I, but also you, you expect that that, that detective, that um, experienced aged veteran detective is going to be an aged veteran detective. I think he's in his. I mean, Daniel he's Craig's, an older man, but he's too good looking. Yeah, he's t- he's too good looking. Uh, he's a Hollywood sixty. I which, sort of yeah. get it. He looks as old as Tom, 60. right? Sixty. Well, let's let's not beat around the bush. He could do better than Hugh Grant. Like that's a lovely cameo. I couldn't. Is, I could not smile. I was like, perfect. <laughs> thank you. Yes, it was a nice cameo. But again, a lot of cameos. A lot of cameos. Lot of cameos. Um, I wanted to see more out of Leslie Odom Jr. Agreed. So underused. The second underused. I saw it was him and his first scene's very good. Yep. Where he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. But then he's like the, pulling The man faxes these, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of the NFTs night. for babies. Like, you know, whatever yeah. he's pulling up, I thought those were great. And then he had like two lines yeah, for the rest of the movie. He was a for the rest. real yeah. underplayed. That's, um, that's Catherine Hahn, I wanted to see more out of that, her as well. She, and her. she's in her renaissance of her career. Like yeah. she is just oh, popping up in things she's and you good. go, there she is. Like yes. I met, I met her. Met her. What's the word? First saw her in Anchorman. Right, I'm and yeah. I thought she was hilarious. Anything. Oh, but like right. she's been. I, in I know her from yeah. uh, Ten. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Of course, with Kate Hudson. Oh my god! I just literally am having that moment. That, <laughs> they're reunited. Oh, 10, 10 out of eleven. This movie. No, no, Jesus. <laughs> no, sorry. A shout out to the lead singer of Metallica who played her husband. He didn't. But jeez, he looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know that guy from something. James I, Hetfield? <laughs> yes, but like the actual guy who played husband. Uh, Dallas Roberts. And uh, uh, so it is. Uh, it's Dallas Roberts, I'm telling you. Okay. That's Jessica Henwick as well I wanted to bring up. Yeah, so she's as what, most known for... Um, I thought she was great. She's in the Grey Man. Isn't she in Star she's Wars? Cool. I don't I, remember her from anything else. No, no, no. But this is the thing. So I was watching her and I was like, cool, there's more to her arc here, her story, and nothing. She, she Her scenes with Kate Hudson, she's popping. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And but she's, she's, doing she's pushing really- Kate Hudson's scenes yes. forward. Yes. And I thought, Ma, do you know what? If she's the killer, I'm going to be really interested in this. Interesting. If there's an angle that she comes in and she's like well, those- trying to get back at everyone, I'm like, fuck yeah. Those, I would argue, are, I would say Peg and Old Mate in the background. Don't worry, pretend I'm not here, like the stoner guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, those guys are our Daryl. herrings. Daryl. Those yeah. are our ones where we're like, what's well, one of them? Maybe. Yeah, imagine right. that could, like, be, that could, could be, but it's like that's what Why? that's there for. Though, yeah, he wasn't But because that's what who done it. Uh, that's what he's just he's casting things out. Again, I'm I find myself on the back foot defending this movie more than I was expecting to. And still wanting to remind you guys, I could, I probably will pair it back to a six point five, a seven, just because it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt going dong is silly. <laughs> so it's still not a movie I love. I had a good time with it. I couldn't imagine watching it again. Janelle so you've seen it once. I've seen it once. I won't watch it again. Janelle Monae's southern accent. I really enjoyed Janelle Monae. I think she's a brilliant musician, and she's been very good in movies. I do not like her southern accent in this. I think it's like hers is too cutesy. Whereas Daniel Craig's is so absurd, it's just like you just have to go with it. Well, he, he, like, he absolutely I said to they it. were oh shitheads, and that's what they are. Yeah, shitheads, and I'm like, nah. I just, I just didn't work for me. I really did. I thought I, she was better as Andy. Which yeah, is I liked her as Andy be, yeah. because that's just her voice. That's what Janelle Monae sounds like. Right? Yeah, so yeah. she's very good in Moonlight and other things. I have. I, I think she's like yeah. Um, Hidden Figures as well. She's well, really not a movie I like, but she's very good in it. She's very good. Yes. and like obviously as a musician coming in. First of all, can you imagine her and Leslie Odom Jr. just jamming on oh, set? My oh, my God. God. It would have been amazing. Also, throwback <laughs> to, um, is it Noah Segan in Knives Out? And then who quotes Hamilton? And he's like, oh, I love Hamilton. Oh, yeah. And now I've he's, forgotten that. Now he's yes. in the film with Leslie Odom Jr. who plays Aaron Burr that's, in Hamilton. That's the other uh, positive I'll say ties. about this film compared to the original. When people talk to me about the original Knives Out, they go like, oh, yeah, you know, the car, like Jamie Lee Curtis and, and uh, Tony Collette and Michael Shannon. And I'm like, I fucking forgot they were in the movie. Every one of those people has like 10 seconds in that movie. They get no character work. They're interviewed once mm-hmm. and then there's like one ensemble scene and that's it. You get more in this. You do get some of Dave Bautista. You do get some of Kate Hudson. I'll you agree do with get that. Yeah. I think you get more of them, even if it's broad. I'm like, fuck it, give me something. At least you get some screen time and a little bit of like- 100%. Because when they're discovering motives and uh, opportunity, yes. and you sort of go through each character and you see, oh, that's why they want to kill yeah. him or that's why they want to kill Andy, sorry, and protect him. Of course. Even um, the flashbacks to them in the bar, as we've mentioned. Like, I did like, I was like, okay, I'm getting some sense of this. I, I, do you know what I did love? It's yeah. just a tiny bit. Edward Norton's- Lining up that pool shot, and Janelle Monae as Andy is over there doing the napkin. Yeah, the the famous napkin, and he goes, "What are you thinking about?" And he does his shot, and it misses. It's just completely, yeah, it's like completely off. That's that's why Chris didn't like it because it's bad pool, and Chris is a pool shark. It's also in those flashbacks. They're talking about the napkin, and then they talk about how things start working for them, and every shot that's framed in that flashback is with Edward Norton at the center. He's making these things happen. Mm. He's making these things happen. And, again, it's communicating to us, this guy is great. He did. My he, question was. Did he then? Was he Maybe he wasn't. Maybe Andy this? did all those I things. If think, he did it, then he's not an idiot. I think the argument is that as people say about Musk, which I don't want to get too into this, but obviously this movie became super relevant in the view of Musk turning himself into a fucking flaming idiot over the last, <laughs> like, 12 months buying Twitter and shit. And, yeah. like, you know, loud billionaires. Mm-hmm. that their success is marketing themselves and being charismatic. And if his job with those people was to go, hey, I know this modelling guy who can help you, or hey, I can get you out there politically, he'd be great at that. He's charismatic, but he's stupid, or he's like at least on the technical and logistic level, not as smart as Andy. Yeah. So I think it's that he's – and that's why they backed him, because otherwise why would they? But they're like, because he's well, the flashy, smart guy. In he's an, he he's the natural leader. Yes. Like he goes out front and he's like the one who's the spokesperson for all of them. And then obviously his success turns him into, we, you assume, turns him into an arsehole and then he changes and then everything goes wrong and they yes. all have to suck onto his titties. 
which I love. They do have golden titties. His golden titties. One of my favorite lines. It's funny. It's a line. Because obviously you assume they're going to say teat. And the titties instead. <laughs> and then he, then he very subtly tried to cover his he own titties. His he gets embarrassed for a second. That's just an Edward Norton bit. He's yeah. <laughs> contractually very upset about his nipples. I want to talk briefly about uh, the ending and then obviously if, if anyone else has some some other sort of wrapping up thoughts. The slapstickness of the ending where um, Catherine Hahn literally skates across the screen on the broken glass. I vaguely Or Leslie Odom, do, Leslie Odom does the roller skate oh, 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 and I, then falls backwards <laughs> I <laughs> guess I've forgotten that. I mostly just see that's so. T- Chris sorry, is shaking t- his head at this. Chris stuff. shaking his head, but that that is so absurd and slapstick and silly. You, that's what you're in for, right? Like that's when you go, okay, they in know for a penny it, in for a pound. It just yeah, became just a circus. Bit. It just wasn't what I wanted out of the film. Okay, that's, and that's fair because you're probably going going. I want like a pretty hard hitting murder mystery whodunit, and like to be like engrossed. I mean, it doesn't I have like, to be hard hitting per se, but well, you're like, not so. Oh, Jesus but Christ. See, Frank, this is what Frank <laughs> does. No, no, no. This is what happens. Frank turns into a bully when he feels that people no, no, don't no, agree with I him. just wanted to make a gag. Yeah, it wasn't How? a gag. Stop giving him a wedgie, Frank. Gag, <laughs> gag your mum. Whoa. Oh, not my mummy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jurassic Park 3, <laughs> Tia Maria Leone. I think them getting the... What alternative? I think fuel Marcus source. was trying to speak. Were you? I thought that was done. <laughs> no, nah, it's it's done. I forgot my point. <laughs> Frank bullied me out of it. The alternative oh. fuel source being the thing that it was, and then so the end of the movie is him burning the napkin, which like okay, silly, but whatever. And then they go, so what evidence do you have? And Daniel Craig's like, oh, all I can do is get you a result, but I can't, you know, prosecute him without evidence. And it's like there's a bullet. In a book that she has, someone's tried to shoot her and a man has died. I think we have some evidence. Like, I think we could go with, even circumstantially, some argument here that someone has tried to kill someone else. It's the same problem I have with the first one where after Anna de Armas and Chris Evans get into a car chase Mm -hmm. and they finally catch them and then they don't arrest Anna de Armas, I'm like, she just... She's an accessory. Many, many people's lives at risk. Yeah, yeah. What she was doing yeah, then, yeah. like very yeah. silly. But anyway, and it's like ballistics. Get the cops there. Take ballistics. Just find like a gun. Fingerprints on you the could gun. do something. But then it's like, well, the solution here is explosions. And then he just gives her <laughs> the gas, and she's like, I hope this doesn't kill us all, and just throws it, and there's a huge explosion. And it's that's the I, I was, thought that was so silly because when she initially for the for the listener who hasn't seen, and also spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to have a disclaimer at the very start I just of this podcast. Every one of these movies, people are coming. We should have done that. We should have done that last week for the Mummy. Spoilers yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it. There's a Mummy in it. Not my Mummy. Um, not my Mummy. So I, when they blow up the house. So sorry, what was I saying? For the listener, what happens is there are lots of glass statues. Daniel Craig says, "Give you a reminder of why your sister walked away in the first place." And then hand, we don't know this. Hands her the clear. The clear, the power he, he source. He hands us some bubba shrimp. Some, yeah. Some clear, clear is the power source. It's uh, hydrogen fuel cell, hydrogen essentially. Fuel. Yeah. So it's then she smashes up. all these glass statues, which in my mind I was like, are they made of clear? Mm. That's what I thought. I didn't which, even. I just thought she was trying to get mad, cause a ruckus yeah. that was going to, which is what it was. Which, which, yeah, you know, was that's right. I was wrong. They weren't version. <laughs> then she lights the liquor on fire, the house blows up. And then she throws the clear into the fire and everything explodes and it goes through the whole system, explodes the glass onion house. I was like, okay, they're all dead and that's like a weird finish. 
And then it goes back to they're all inside still, like laying on the ground, being like, oh, no, that was a big explosion. And then they walk out. I was like, what? Literally the entire house just exploded. It went through every gas line and they're all just laying there. I had one moment where I realised what I think Ryan Johnson was doing, but it's too clever for its own good, is they keep referring to the fact that they don't want to turn people's homes into the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. which is the giant Zeppelin disaster mm-hmm. for people who don't remember. Mm-hmm. But people see that footage of that Zeppelin crashing to the ground and people going, oh, the humanity, oh, oh the, the humanity. humanity. And the weird twist of that is most of the people in the Hindenburg didn't die. Because it's helium, it just burnt, not not helium, wait, is it? Hydrogen, hydrogen again. Sorry, hydrogen. It, it burnt sort of the the uh, inside and the less. But once it crashed, people were able to get out without combusting. Yeah. And so I was like, is he doing that where it's like, oh, I know that's people think the Hindenburg does mm. this, but actually everything catches fire but you're fine, just like the Hindenburg. I'm like, yeah, but that's too clever by half, even if that's what you're going for. Yeah, that's yeah silly, which it wasn't. Yeah. Yes. So but that's that's generous of you though. That's only because they say Hindenburg and literally she throws the clear and Catherine Hahn goes, Hindenburg. And I'm like, okay, is that the thing here? I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was silly. I'm not a big fan of the ending. I think the last 15 minutes of the movie are just silly. Yeah. Well, silly-ish. I still, I still yes. had a good time. I, mean, I ultimately had a 6.5. I had a good time. Ish. So you're a six point five, Tom. Yes. Chris was a hard two. Uh, I was I was flip flopping about on the fives and the, maybe the six. So at the moment I'm on a five and I'm actually going to sit with a four point five. Four point five. Ooh, wow. that's a big pal. So you're, you're, big pal. You're taking your pal. Not, you're throwing it backwards. In fact, yeah, I've, yeah. I've gradually d- dipped backwards. I will throw in part of my pal. Ooh, I feel yeah. like an eight point five after the conversation. You're right. It maybe is. It is just a fun romp. It's maybe not as great as I initially felt. Mm-hmm. I think it's an emotional ride for me and I had a good time, but you're right. It's probably not that well of a constructed film. So I'll throw it in the pad. Let's go. Mm, 7.5. Yeah. You got the right button. That time. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it should have been the singy one, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, yeah, right. Threw in the power. Nice one. Chris, uh, I am curious though. Are you going to dip or uh, increase from a two? No. Uh, if anything, I'd probably go down more. But. <laughs> No, it's a, like, Chris is losing his voice from all that screaming. I don't, so I don't, I don't need a, a, a overt mirror held up about the real world. Like I don't need COVID. Yeah. I don't need mm, Elon yeah. Musk. Sure. I don't need Joe Rogan in my films. Yeah. Film is a great way to escape the real world yeah. for me. Yeah. Wow. All right. Chris is staying heavy on that too. Mm. That's sad to hear. Mm. I'm gonna, that Ryan Johnson is probably here coming in quietly in the background. Oh, it's, it's getting louder. Is that up. piano wire in his hands? Oh, God. <laughs> what a mystery. <laughs> Who was it, folks? Write in with your theories next week. Oh, it was God. Uh, we'll probably be told. Chris. <laughs> Wait, here's the 45-minute flashback. It's going to show us. He's a twin. Throwing the Power has been a Hey Power Productions production uh, produced by Frank, Tom, Marcus and Chris. How about them seltzers? Oh, we're sponsored by Power oh. Seltzers. The best in the biz, as they say. That might not be their catchphrase. Delicious. But it should be. Um, thanks for listening to A Glass a glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Have fun. Throwing the Power.